1: Are you ready for rapid
2: fire? I am ready for rapid fire. It is the best segment of the day. Let
1: us do it then. All right. So we played a couple of sound bites earlier for Marcus Freeman's signing day press conference. Here's what he said when he was asked about NIL acquisition fees. That was the phrase used. Acquisition fees for player services.
3: Um uh, acquisition fees I don't we don't you know that term? No, you know we don't speak to that um is it a part of recruiting yeah I mean because you discuss it it's a topic of discussion um but in terms of acquisition fees we're not going to get into that you know we can't um because again if that's going to be the reason Tim that you decide to come here man it's it's hard to keep you here you know and and that's what I think we all as coaches and competitors that won, who we view sometimes as the best, right? We want the best, we want the highest, right? All these different things. We have to understand it's still about getting the right guys here. You know, And you look at last year's class, what again, that was another top 10 class. I think I looked at it the other day, maybe four, maybe four or five guys played this year, didn't register. I mean, out of a class that we signed 22 to 25 guys, you know, and so, I say that's important because if you're coming here for an acquisition fee, as you said, um, or you're coming here for NIL and you don't get that instant gratification of playing right away, that's gonna be tough, right? Tough to stay here. And, And that's what we gotta understand is when you bring these guys in, it's gonna take a little bit of time to really be able to run out there in Notre Dame Stadium and have a huge impact on our program. It takes time, very few guys can come in here and play and start right away. Ben Morrison, listen, I don't know how highly rated he was, and he was the only guy in that freshman class to start this year, you know? And we've had a couple guys that played, but um, the majority of guys redshirted, highly recruited guys, highly rated guys, but they've decided to stay and say, okay, hey, I gotta develop, I gotta continue to commit to a program in this team and my development. Those are the guys we need because as you look back two years ago, a lot of those guys, the Blake Fishers, Joe Waltz, and some of those guys, those are the ones that are playing a lot of ball for you now. And so it takes time to really make that adjustment from high school to, to playing major college football. And so we need guys to understand the value of this place and what it will provide in the long run because you're not just going to get that instant gratification that some guys are looking for.
1: And that, that's that, that last phrase there, the instant, Gratification. I think that that stands out to me, and and like you're, you know, again, like when you spin this back to all this drama for the last week with Peyton Bowen about changing his commitment from one to the next and to the next, and then back to this one, and then on to that one. I just think that that would have been, you know, if 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 he was that, you know, one. I can't blame a kid, you know, if if the two million dollar figure, a million dollars, or even five hundred thousand dollars for that matter, that's still a lot of money. Like that kind of cash being dangled in front of you, you know, I can't blame them. But if that is the reason, if it's a transactional process to get you here, then the minute you see some adversity, odds are you're just going to bolt someplace else. And why would you want to get involved in that if you're Notre Dame?
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: Yeah. Uh, to me, listening to, to what Freeman said, I've come up with, you know, kind of the, the, the main focus word to me. This one is commitment. Are you committed towards being that guy who needs all the attention because everyone's, all you know, throwing all this money at you? Are you committed to, to the program, to the team and getting better and then, you know, serving your role when it's your time? And when you bring in these guys, like he said, it, it's like they want instant gratification because why wouldn't you? You had all these suitors kind of, you know, throwing this money at you. And so when you decide to go to a school, I, I would be more than shocked if, if you know, if, if everyone's making a big deal out of your recruitment and telling you how great you are and telling you how much money they can give you, then why wouldn't you, you you know, play right away? And so if they come in with that mindset, it's going to cause problems and it's going to deter, you know, from who, who the team is overall and what the goal is overall. And it, it's just like, um it's just like, like a high school kid chasing around you know, the newest prettiest girl, any, any time he gets attention. And that's not what Marcus Freeman wants. He wants yeah. commitment. He wants commitment to his football team. He Absolutely. wants commitment to, to everyone else that's on that roster. And so if you bring in a guy who has shown that he has the traits that just shows, he's going to bounce around based off of all, oh, you know, what's being thrown at him or what's the newest offer. There's a likelihood that he's going to transfer if he doesn't get, you know, the playing time uh, up front and right away. So, I really, really commend uh, what Marcus Freeman has said and how, again, how he's deciding to run his program.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, you know, know, some of it's not not all of it is uh, probably in his hands, but at the same time. Um, This is a Twitter thread from April Pendleton. She's the mother of Sam Pendleton, who just signed with Notre Dame. So this is what she said in a tweet today. Quote, walking through the recruiting journey with Sam, I remember several conversations we had with personnel and staff at several colleges regarding NIL. The one comment that stuck with me, it's the wild west. These words blaze to the front of my mind as I watch the landscape of great American pastime. It has become a gambling society. These are kids. These kids have no idea what they're doing. We're given the opportunity to steward them well. Instead, Adults are manipulating them. We can choose to do better. I'm not sure what the answer is to this, but I do know our children are being treated as property, bought and sold by a system that has lost its way on many college campuses. End quote. And again, that's from uh, April Pendleton, Sam Pendleton, of course, who just signed with Notre Dame yesterday, his, his mother. What do you think of that, Jess?
2: Yeah, I agree with what she's saying. It is the wild wild west and it, it is just kind of become, you know, this this who who's going to be the biggest suitor, the biggest payer, and it gets it, it's taken away from what the core of what college football really is about. And if you're just going to get into it being a business, then there's really no difference between the NFL like these college boosters become owners essentially NFL owners, the equivalent to what an NFL owner would be. So I, I again, I, I, I like the idea of the NIL and I think it it, it could serve a good purpose. Um, but right now, it's just unfortunately the wild, wild west. There's too many unknowns. Right. There's too many
1: things being broken and there's too many people just doing what what they want overall. But NIL is supposed to be you get on campus, you're, you know, you're you're in school, you're in whatever program it happens to be. And. Now, you know, maybe you get some money, like you go out and do a, you know, an autograph session or a car dealer wants you to come out and, you know, do a little sponsorship, whatever it happens to be. You're, you know, you're, you're the front man for some pizzas or, you know, the <laughs> barbecue places giving given the offensive line, some, some barbecue. They're the official barbecue of the offensive line, whatever those kind of things, or, you know, and there can obviously be, and there should be some, some money involved. And all that. That's what it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be what April Pendleton is saying. They are literally, these programs are literally treating these people's kids, and that's what they are. They're still somebody's kids. You know, they're all in high school still right now. They're treating them as property and buying them and selling them for their own good. That is not what NIL is supposed to be. And I think we might actually have the answer. Like everyone asks, what's the answer to all this? If these moms and dads and, you know, like families of these recruits turn this, you know, you know, if they if they are the ones, you know, who kind of push this forward and, you know, one put their foots down, but feet down, excuse me, put their feet down. But combined forces and, you know, like you, you used to have, you know, like back in, I think when I was in high school, it was like, like that MADD, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, you know, those kind of, <laughs> you know, activism groups. I'm just using that as an example because that's the best I can think of right now. But like if the moms get together, the dads get together and, and and, you know, actually create some kind of force to essentially repel this kind of stuff, I think you might actually get somewhere. With it. Now, for some people, you know, for whatever percentage, money is still going to talk in all this. But I think if the parents take some kind of, you know, action in all this, maybe that's where it needs to start. You know, like something like this, you know, where she's talking about if you know, if, if that's what you're concerned about. And obviously, she is concerned about, you know, essentially buying and selling the services of your kid. Maybe that's where it starts. Maybe, maybe that's, you know, like take it to the NCAA, you know, tell them, tell them they've got to do something because they're sure as heck not doing anything right now about it.
2: Yeah. And unfortunately, you have, you know, the parents like someone, someone like, uh, Mrs. Pendleton. Uh, but then in my opinion, you have the parents of like, like Drake Bowen's, or not sorry, or Peyton Bowen's, uh, father who, who clearly seem to be influencing him. You know, I'm not trying to, you know,
1: this is just speculation. That's what what Tanner's saying. Not going to happen. Parents are part of the problem. Some parents are part of the problem. Just like, you know, this is a concern to April Pendleton. It's not a concern to others. If it's really a concern to the majority. Right. Then that's where the action comes from. That's right. But but there are, you know, there are plenty of, there are obviously plenty of families who, you know, need the money and they're going to jump on the money. They're not going to care. You yeah. know, the buying and so you know, whatever. But I think think it's being like, an, an investment and they want yeah. kind of that
2: return on investment that they put into all the camps, the the gear, all the stuff growing up. Right. They want to see sort of the, the ROI on everything. And it's I get it. But at the same time, it, it's kind of sad at the end of the day because it, it should just be about, you know, your kid having Being good at a sport, the potential to go pro, getting a good education. And to me, the number one thing is just having fun, you know, playing a sport that you've loved to play ever since you were a kid.
1: So on a scale of one to 10, how glad are you this Peyton saga is over now?
2: Uh, I'm glad I'm going to say a 10. I'm just glad it's over. I'm, I'm hoping that we can move on to, you know, other things. We can focus on the bowl game and we can really you know, relish and respect to the the overall class that Marcus Freeman put together, because right now it seems like it's a dampering effect um, and taking away kind of the spotlight from all the hard work that that Freeman and his staff did, you know, in in this recruiting class.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's pretty high for me as well. I'd probably put it at 10. You know, there's a part of me. It's like, wow, it's like (laughs) it's someone who does a show every day. We're always glad to have different content. This kind of content's a little bit different, though, because it's dragging everyone back and forth, and and you know, like playing with with everyone's emotions, and and you know, quite frankly, it's it it you know, you're messing with when one person does something like this. They're not only you know making a decision for themselves and in part their families, but you know, it's it's also impacting the coaches of all these schools who are involved, and it's impacting the other recruits of the schools who are all involved. And again, I think this is a young kid. He's, he's got some growing up to do, you know, I don't think that statement that we read earlier was all completely written by him. Maybe the thoughts and sentiments are at least in part his, hopefully he really does learn something from this, but he's not going to have very many Notre Dame fans down the line. That's for sure. (laughs) So in the meantime, is there a member of this class, the guys who actually did sign with Notre Dame, is there a member of this class you're most excited or intrigued by?
2: Yeah, you kind of stole my uh, thunder a little bit earlier when you, when you started talking about the one Drake Bowen, uh, but he's got to be the, the person that I'm most excited about. And I honestly, there's kind of some jealousy because he that he is know. ultimately, you know, what I, what I would want it to be, you know, a, a Notre Dame linebacker. A, a two sport athlete playing, you know, baseball as well. Um, And then you start looking into his, his stats overall in his career. You know, you talked about, he's a Mr. Football winner. Uh, First guy that Notre Dame has landed since Jack Kaiser to, to win that accomplishment. Uh, He won the Buckus award, which is given to the nation's nations, not just state of Indiana, the nation's uh, best linebacker. And then you get into his stats career wise. He had 379 career tackles, 54 tackles for loss, 16 sacks, 10 fumbles, uh, and six interceptions. And then on top of that, that off that that production on the defensive side is like amazing within itself. And then you you look over and you see he was a running back and he had 3000 yeah. rushing yards That's and 49 right. touchdowns. And so it's like, when did the guy ever breathe? Right. And so then he's leading his teams to state championships, not only on the football field, um, but on the baseball field. The, the kid's just a stud overall. He's a natural athlete. He's got the speed. You know that's the number one thing. If you're going to play linebacker, you have to have the speed. Well, obviously he's got the speed because he has 3,000 career rushing yards and 49 touchdowns. So I'm ecstatic about him. I think he's he is he is the he's the the the, the biggest comparison that I've seen to someone like Jalen Smith um, in a long time. He just doesn't have the freak I would say genetics or makeup or athletic look that Jalen Smith had, at, you know, out, out out of high school. But you know, once he gets into this Notre program, I don't I don't um, I know he's going to work hard. Um, and I know he's going to, he's going to put on that muscle and he's just going to look every bit shredded, you know, that Jalen Smith did. So I'm, I'm, I'm elated for someone like Drake Bowen.
1: Yeah. I think he's going to be a beast here. And that, you know, that's who I was going to go with as well. You know, the like the receivers, like great house and James, you know, I could throw them in, you know, just because of what the receiving core looks like going forward. I think these guys are going to have great opportunities, but like throw Drake Bowen out there in that Mitcha package, you know, like let's do some different <laughs> stuff with, with the Mitcha and get Drake out there as well. And, you know, do some, so, you know, and then like said earlier, you know, he is going to play baseball as well. I think this, this kid, it's like the Bowen who is actually here. That's the guy. We should I think be he's more about.
2: impactful than Peyton Bowen. I, I, if I Drake Bowen be. would have left, I would have been very, very, I would have been more upset than what's been going on with Peyton Bowen.
1: Yeah. These linebackers these last couple of years are getting twitchier, man. Like That's like, what,
2: like imagine Kali Sneed and Bowen all on the same field at the same time. Exactly.
1: Field. Exactly. Twitchy, explosive linebacker types. And that's what this guy is going to get. And Billy brought this up earlier and I was saving this cuz I, you know, knew that I was going to talk about him. He was a five-star when he committed and so was was Vernon, the uh, you know, defensive lineman Out of Ohio, and I had forgotten about that when we were talking about that earlier, but you're absolutely right. But then all of a sudden, you know, the rating changes and all this stuff, and it's crazy. It's just, it's insane how the winner of the national Dick Butkus (laughs) Award, the award given to the best linebacker in the nation, could not be a five-star
2: yeah and it's it's a largely with what you were talking about earlier drake bowen committed to notre dame and he committed to notre dame and so when other and schools weren't throwing out offers started his losing offers his stock yeah. went down but it's not his fault he was committed and knew where he wanted to play
1: yeah and the other side of this whole thing with bowen is like this is the guy who was working on the other bowen you know Peyton. oh he was working on everyone Yeah, but I always see him tweeting out. Yeah, he's he's been you know there's always like kind of a ringmaster and this is a ringleader and he has been one of the biggest ones in the last few years that I can remember. He's been out there, out front beating the drum, keeping them all together. You know, like that's the guy you want to get behind when he gets here as well. Exactly. He's just you can tell he's just a natural born leader already. Yep. Fill in the blank. It is blank that J T Daniels is now transferring to Rice. To finish his college career.
2: You know, honestly, I thought about this one for a while and it's, it's sad in my opinion that, that JT Daniels is, is going to rice and hear me out because of this, because you know, he coming out of high school, he was the number one recruit in the entire nation. He committed to USC. He started as a true freshman, only the second time in program history that a quarterback has started as a true freshman. And honestly, he tore it up as a freshman, 26, 2,700 passing yards. 14 you know touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 60% completion percentage. At that point you're like, wow, this guy is going to be the next guy, right? He's going to be the next Matt Leinart. He's going to be, you know, the the next USC great quarterback. So then what happens next year, game 1, tears his ACL um in in the, in the first game and I think that kind of led to his ultimate kind of downward slope after that because then he transfers to Georgia. Um and I, he he didn't even his first year at Georgia, he wasn't even the starting quarterback. He wasn't even the backup quarterback. He was the third string quarterback. And then a couple injuries propelled him, you know, into some games. He played four games at Georgia, 1200 passing yards, 10 touchdowns, two interstress, you know, two, two interceptions. And then the next season at Georgia, uh, he he's the the starter. He beats out um, Stetson Bennett. Uh, He plays for five games, but then he's going through these kind of oblique injuries you know, Bennett plays all right. And then Georgia decides, even though that he's come back, they're going to stick with, you know, Stetson Bennett. And he goes on to to West Virginia, obviously after that has a, you know, pretty mediocre season, 10 games, 2100 yards, 13 touchdowns, nine interceptions. And now he's transferring to rice. So to me, it's sad because you start out as this number one quarterback in the country. You're, you're at USC, you know, you're starting, and now you're rice you're at rice yeah in your fifth year as a senior you're at rice of all places so i just feel for the guy i feel like he's just gone he's just this horrible kind of path that he's been on through different injuries um but unfortunately that's that's kind of the landscape of how things are right you never know where you're going to
1: end up yeah you know john said jt should have declared for the nfl draft you know i kind of wonder at this point like where he would have been you know but again like the path that you were talking about to go from usc to georgia west virginia for just a year and now you're at rice like did he end up at rice because you know again this is a guy we talked about he ended up at west virginia last year and people complained about not you know notre dame not bringing in a transfer quarterback this you know for, for this season JT Daniels had some interest in being at Notre Dame, but he didn't want to compete for the job. He wanted to be named the starting quarterback. So like, is he at Rice? Because they said, yeah, we'll guarantee you the job. You're JT Daniels. We're Rice. Like, what have we got to lose <laughs> by saying you're the starting quarterback? You exactly. know, we get you for a year. And that's, and that's what, what, what it felt with. like. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what it seems like to me. And Conference USA is where Rice is. By the way, somebody asked, man, to go from
2: Pac-12 starting quarterback at USC, reclassified to join USC. So he got to you know he early enrolled and all that stuff to now as a fifth-year senior being the starting quarterback at Rice. It's just it's just way different. I can I can only imagine kind of you know what he's been going through you know psychologically. Yeah, I concur.
1: Fill in the blank. It's blank. That Zach Martin, Notre Dame alum, is going to his eighth Pro Bowl in nine years, but he has just six holding penalties in his nine seasons. I think this might be the
2: only time Notre Dame people will approve of us talking about the Cowboys because it, right. it's Zach Martin, right? It's he, he was a Notre Dame guy, but... You know, it's astonishing what Zach Martin has done in his career. You you talk about Pro Bowl selections, but to me, what's more important is those all pro pro selections. And to have those all pro selections be similar, equal, even probably more than the holding penalties career-wise. Like, he's a – they were talking about it the other night. You have Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, and Jason Peters all on the same offensive line, uh, you know, right now. Those are all three future Hall of Famers, no doubt about it. So – when you talk about Zach Martin specifically, he's just an insane beast. The definition of consistency, greatness. Yeah, as, as I wanted to say expected, but, you know, I didn't want to seem too arrogant about this one. But it's just what what he's been able to accomplish is just how can you consistently be that good over and over and still be that kind of flawless at the same time? Because, like, you know, penalties happen, but to be that good and to have that many or that that the lack of penalties is just its astonishing in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and he actually there was an interview I think a couple of weeks ago after he was called for that sixth holding penalty. Like he he talked to somebody. He said, "Look, I've held more than six times. It's just, <laughs> just that, didn't get flagged. <laughs> it's just that I'm I'm you know I I know when to hold and how to hold so that I don't get flagged. And that's part of it as well. But that's part of being smart. You know, that's part of being great. You know, and not being flagged." For that but he is such a technician is what he is it's like he is so you can you can kind of take him for granted because he's a guard he's not a tackle but you know I, I don't know how many times that that I've texted you you know when they're running the ball in short yarded situations if you're not just running to the right right behind number 70 what are you doing out there it is not that hard just like if you're the Indianapolis Colts You know, you get behind 56, Quentin Nelson. You just just get behind Zach Martin and go. That's all there is to it. And the other part of this is, I saw like the he-stand-esque, like, that's coming back, baby. Zach Martin, (laughs) a he-stand guy. Quentin Nelson, of course, recruited by Harry He-stand. These dominant offensive linemen are coming back. And Zach Martin is just a technician. That's all he is. Year in and year out, he is just steady. Is consistently the best off, you know, the best interior offensive lineman in the NFL. I know Quentin Nelson is good, and like Quentin Nelson is more the highlight reel, just dominating type stuff. But Zach Martin is just a technician at his job. He is very good at his job. And and it's I'm glad we've got him. I I I just hope he's not wasted. Because you know, like when they drafted Zach Martin, the Cowboys with that first round pick, and remember. You know, Jarrah wanted to take Johnny Manziel, and oh Stephen, his son, had to talk him out of Manziel and into Zach Martin. It's like the best argument Stephen Jones has ever won. But Zach Martin was like the the last piece to an offensive line that you know that they thought was going to be the one that was going to push him to the championship. They were you know they were going to protect Romo, they were going to run the ball, so you know it'd take some pressure off Romo and then of course Romo ends up breaking his back anyway on a freak play in a preseason game the offensive line was great for a couple years and and slowly some of these other guys have either gotten injured or or gone off but Zach Martin's still there year nine still trucking along the old reliable and like you said I just any short down to play
2: how do you not get behind that that man you know he's gonna move his guy every single play like it's it's like 99 percent chance that he is going to nail his block almost every
1: play.
3: Knock that fire down, nineteen. Copy captain, let's move
1: All right, last question for tonight. The NFL announced today that its Sunday ticket package is moving from DirecTV to YouTube TV. So what do you think about this move and or what's the biggest question you have about this move?
2: So obviously the move is predicated around money and I don't have direct TV. I use your direct TV Sunday ticket and I'm grateful for that. Right. But I'm actually more likely to get it now that it's on YouTube TV, as long as it's, you know, not jacked up or I can get a good bundle deal for like, you know, live TV, the Sunday ticket, you know, whatever it might be. So I, to me, that's the biggest thing is it is it's more kind of convenient for for what I do and I think that I would be more likely to switch over and get YouTube TV now that it, it's you know offered on YouTube TV now going forward I want to see or the biggest question I have about the move is what are they going to do differently than direct TV because I think that they can utilize a lot better a lot more if I were in charge is I would have like a, a, a if I had a big screen TV, You know, these huge 60 inch TVs, I would like an option where I can pick what four games I want to split my TV into and which game has the live audio at the same time. And I can flip over to the audio to this game or this game, but I still have all four games on, you know, assuming the Cowboys aren't playing, I I have all four games on. And I can flip between so whatever. You can watch one. four
1: games at once. Exactly, on a split, big screen. TV. If I'm paying yeah. for
2: that, why can't I just split them into you know whatever quadrants I want? Maybe three games, two games, four games, five games, whatever it is. I want the option to be able to split my screen and watch all those games simultaneously.
1: Yeah, it will usually. It But Jason asked the question: Will it be like watching football on Peacock or Amazon? Basic answer is yes. But like obviously, if you have the Sunday ticket, that means you have access to all the out-of-market games. Like if you still have your cable and you have this Sunday ticket streaming package, you're going to have access to all the games that are going on at the same time. And so like what Jesse is, you know, so, so from that aspect, you know, you'll still have to log into your app just like Peacock or Amazon, but you'll be able to flip through multiple games rather than just have the one game there. And then I love what you're talking about with like having the ability to watch those multiple games and pick which ones they are you know because like and i've heard some other people say that you know cuz that should be a function of this there's there's the technology is like you should just be able to go okay i want a four i want a four game screen and these are my four team you know four games then I want to put up with how there. much like,
2: you know money fantasy football makes, how much people are yeah. betting. You want to be able to see those things all in live time. You want to see all your fantasy guys going. You want to see, you know, your bets for the 1 p.m. slate all going at one time, your bets for the 4 p.m. slate going on. They, they, if they're going to make this move, they need to adapt with all the things that are going around, you know, yeah. the, the, the current times of fantasy football, sports betting, all of it. They just need to I need to see improvements that they are thinking of and trying to keep up with everything else that's
1: going on. There was a, you know, the original report earlier this week said that YouTube was going to get it and, you know, there were no details yet. And so the NFL just announced it officially today that it's happening, you know, so like one for me and, you know, like for for your mom, my wife, you know, it means we get to get get rid of DirecTV in the near future because she I, I, that's immediately
2: what I thought of. I was like, wow, mom has to be so happy because no more direct He <laughs> She TV. doesn't even
1: know the news yet. But <laughs> the other question I had was, are you going to have to get like the, the entire YouTube TV subscription? Like, do you have to like have regular YouTube TV and then you get your Sunday pack? According to what I read today in the official release, you can get just the. Sunday ticket part of it. You don't have to also subscribe to the YouTube TV. So that is great news to me. But yeah, it's going to come through, you know, you install your app, you put it up there, you've got your Sunday ticket. My biggest question, you know what my biggest question is, you know, one, how easy is it going to be, you know, like to flip back and forth to the different games going on? Because that's kind of like the one Like, the drawback now to watching something on Amazon Prime, for example, is you have to get out of your regular cable package and then go into the app, and then it takes time. It's like, you know, everything has to load up, and then you can't get in and out. Like, what's the functionality going to be like going back and forth from game to game? And then the other thing is, you know, like, will games be archived on there? How long will they be archived? You know, will they include commercials? You know, what's it going to be like to fast forward to commercials? I've told you this before. I know you laugh at me about the whole commercial thing. But if I record a game right now on my DVR, I can watch a three-hour game in about an hour, you know, by fast forwarding through commercials and halftime and all that stuff. And, and, you know, like the dead time for that matter in between snaps, I can watch a game in an hour. How easy is it going to be to do that if I'm, you know, have to watch a game after the fact, I want to go back and watch it. Those are the kind of questions I have because because that's the one thing that I like about Direct TV is I can record it on my DVR and come back and watch it later if I want to.
2: I would be a fan of what about like during commercial breaks, a little like QR code pops up on the screen. that says, you know, FanDuel right now offering these live odds and, you know, like some kind of like I a mean, live I think that's gotta be next. intermission kind of bettings, Yeah. You know, during commercials, allow people to scan a quick QR code. Takes you right to the app. You get, you know, maybe some boost and some odds. Some live, you know, some live odds have moved a little bit. I that's another aspect I would I would like to see because, you know, again, it, it sports betting is here now, and I think that if YouTube TV and everyone wants to utilize this to the best of the ability, intertwine into those. And what better way to pass along, you know, pass the commercials and the breaks and all that stuff uh and then you know offering some some in-game live betting who says no
1: i'm a little hopped up on caffeine today travis there's, <laughs> there's weather outside i've you know drank too much coffee earlier today so i'll try <laughs> i'm also wound up about you know i i do like my sunday ticket so i'm i'm i'm, I'm excited but i'm also a little nervous about it and, <laughs> you know like jason said love the fast forwarding all put myself on pause or slow speed or half speed, I guess, like a podcast. So, well, I think that's going to do it for tonight. Where are you, by the way? What city are you in? <laughs>
2: I am. I'm going to try to find this all the way. Where, where, who am I looking for here? Someone said it in the chat. It was hot in the chat early in the beginning. Um, it was, I can't remember his name. It was D something. I'm in Columbus, Ohio right now. I am, okay. I am the, – the snow seems to be coming any second now. Um, and so we have a lot of traveling to do between, you know, different parents' house, coming to you guys in Indiana in a couple of days. So it'll be interesting. I'm glad I'm not in the, in the northern um, – a little bit north right now because I think Columbus is only going to get a little bit of it. But I'm afraid for when we start traveling that
1: way. Hopefully the roads are cleared off by that point. Yep. So everyone's wishing everyone Merry Christmas. Don't forget, Jesse and Vince and I will be here tomorrow, Friday, 5 o'clock Eastern time for the Friday Rapid Fire show. So we've got that coming up tomorrow at 5 o'clock, and that will officially get you into your Christmas weekend. So if you're someplace where it's snowing and blowing and blizzard and whatever, stay warm, stay safe, and all that kind of stuff. But we appreciate you stopping by tonight. Do Hit that like button before you leave because it helps us out. And uh, subscribe to the show, rate the show, review the show, all that kind of good stuff. Appreciate everyone for showing up. Merry Christmas if we don't talk to you tomorrow. Have a great weekend, and we will be back next week. And, of course, also next Friday, week from Friday, we've got the IB countdown to kickoff at 10 a.m., before the gator bowl so if you're at work you know you might have to sneak in your airpods or your, your earbuds or, or whatever but uh, we will be with you friday the day of the gator bowl as well jesse i will talk to you soon happy talk- holidays everyone see you tomorrow Yep, absolutely happy nation sports talk